for this episode. Uh, I'm going to share with you a question that I was asked a number of years ago that fundamentally changed how I approach retirement. And so it's a question that frankly fundamentally changed my life. And then I will share with you uh, three perspectives that emerged out of my thinking about and acting on that question. This is AI for Leaders by AI Leaders. Practical, to-the-point content, helping you drive results with AI. Here's Chris and Frank. Hi, welcome to the AI Leadership Podcast. I'm Frank Strickland. Normally at this point in the podcast, you would hear my best friend and collaborator, Chris Whitlock, say, I'm Chris Whitlock. Uh, Chris is off in this Thanksgiving weekend, enjoying some time on the road and traveling and being with family. We have been promising you uh, podcast episodes related to retirement. Uh, We get a lot of questions about retirement. Uh, Are you really retired? Why did you retire? What are you doing in retirement? How do you think about retirement? And so this is going to be the first of at least two episodes. Uh, When Chris gets back, we'll record a second episode that will focus on his perspectives. But for this episode, uh, I'm going to share with you a question that I was asked a number of years ago that fundamentally changed how I approach retirement. And so it's a question that frankly fundamentally changed my life. And then I will share with you uh, three perspectives that emerged out of my thinking about and acting on that question. Let me first say something about questions and leadership. Uh, This is a podcast about leadership and about leadership specifically around AI, Uh, but in leading AI uh, at the senior levels, uh, a key element is leading yourself. Uh, And so retirement uh, falls within that leading self uh, category that Chris and I will occasionally talk about. And when we look at leadership of self and leadership of others uh, questions are a much much under leveraged tool leaders spend a lot of time in the declarative mode Uh, this is the priority for today this is the priority for our enterprise for this quarter Uh, this is what i want you to do etc etc And certainly declarative speech, directive action uh, is a a tool in the leader's toolbox, and it is an important one. To ask someone a question is to invite them to open up their frame of reference, how they are thinking, uh, and to reflect and reconsider and respond. And my observation of my own leadership, uh, of the leaders that I've worked with and around, and in Chris's and my training of leaders uh, today, the use of targeted questions, purposeful questions, not rhetorical questions, 
uh, not kind of fact-based questions. You know, I, I'll ask this person uh, a, a question about random forests to see if they really know what they're talking about. You can use those questions. And again, they're tools and they have a place. But I'm really talking about questions like the example that I'm going to give you in a moment that that fundamentally helps someone step back and reflect and and reframe their thinking uh, and respond. And I'll share with you something that I used to say in our leader training activities is something that all leaders know. I've stopped saying that now because I, I'm not sure that that all leaders are uh, consciously aware of this, certainly. And frankly, I'm not sure that a good number of leaders actually believe it. And it is this truth. People believe and are committed to uh, far more what is in their minds and what comes out of their mouths than what is in your mind and what comes out of your mouth as a leader. Let me just say that one more time. Uh, people are far more committed to and therefore far more likely to act on with passion um, what is in their mind and what comes out of their mouth as opposed to what is in your mind and what comes out of your mouth. And so if you sharpen the ability as a leader to ask uh, targeted questions about the work content and about the people doing the work, uh, you will tremendously, I believe, increase your impact as a leader uh, and you will strengthen uh, your people and you will train other leaders uh, in this best practice. And so Chris and I have a framework for asking questions about the work content, AI work content, and the people, the practitioners doing the AI work. We'll do a podcast on that framework at some point. But for now, I want to segue to the question I was asked um, by our portfolio manager, my wife's and my portfolio manager a number of years ago. His name is Fred. Um, he asked a question that fundamentally changed how I think about retirement uh, and some implications for that and frankly just had fundamental uh, effects on my life. And that question was this, Frank, why are you always talking that way? Now, a little bit of a background around the question uh, that will uh, give you a better sense of the impact of that question on me. Um, Fred um, is, uh, he spent his formative years in the United States Army uh, as an officer, uh, came out of the Army, uh, went to Georgetown, uh, got a law degree at Georgetown. Uh, just to sort of give you a mental picture to characterize Fred, um, he might sleep in a blue suit, a white shirt with button-down collar and red tie. Uh, Fred is uh, very conservative, very measured in his words, uh, very soft-spoken. Uh, and he, when he says things, he, he has thought through them. Uh, he says them for a purpose. Um, he's very surgical with his words. And so we're having our annual portfolio review, and I am carrying on uh, as pioneers are wont to do, and I am 
on the far right of the pioneer scale. And I am carrying on about things that I'm going to do in the future. Uh, PhD program, yada, yada. Doesn't matter what it was. I don't remember exactly, but I, I can vividly remember um, carrying on about things that I'm going to do in the future. And this conservative, um, surgically speaking, soft-spoken um, investment uh, manager leaned forward and looked at me very steely eyes and said in an aggressive tone of voice, Frank, why are you always talking that way? And so it immediately arrested my attention, the, the way in which he asked the question. Uh, but then he unpacked the question for me. And again, it caused me to reframe, reflect, and respond in a way that changed fundamentally how I approach retirement and frankly uh, fun has had fundamental impacts on my life. And he explained the question this way. He said, you're, you're always talking about when you're going to do this, when you and Renee are going to spend time in Europe, when you're going to get uh, a PhD, when you're going to possibly write a book, when, 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 when. And then he asked a follow-on question, which nailed it. Um, he said, tell me, when is when going to be? Those are the two questions. Why are you always talking that way? And when is when going to be? Um, those may seem for you like straightforward and simple questions. They were very targeted questions that that went not only to the depths of my mind, but frankly, to the heart of my soul and caused me to reflect uh, on the answer to those questions and, and reframe my own thinking uh, about the future, about my wife's and my future together, um, and, and just about my life and how I was thinking about life. And so I'll, I'll share with you the first of three implications for retirement that, that fell out of my reframing and responding uh, to those two questions. And the first is what I call chapters 13 through 16. I began to think about uh, life uh, in quartiles. Uh, the quartile system is, is used in a variety of, of data sets. Uh, your company probably use it with salaries. You, you hire in a new uh, data scientist. Do you hire them into the first quartile of the salary range, the second quartile, et cetera? Over time, you manage hundreds, thousands of employees. How many people do you have in the second quartile, the salary range, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, quartile systems, it's just a fundamental analytic. Take the data set, divide by four, you get quartiles. And so I began to think about my lifespan in quartiles, uh, and specifically the fourth quartile, which we might call the retirement quartile. And further, I, I thought about it in, in pretty practical terms. Uh, at the time when the question was posed to me, uh, I was around 50 years old. Um, I had a lot of data on my health history from my family, from my own personal health examinations. Um, and I began to think probabilistically about how long my life would last on this earth. Um, and so 
I got to the point uh, with actuarial tables and, and health data of thinking, okay, probabilistically, I'm going to live to about 84 years of age. Um, it's probabilistic. Another good, you know, those of you who are listening or are AI practitioners or AI leaders, this should certainly be very comfortable to you. Uh, for those that are not, uh, you should go off and get yourself comfortable in probabilistic thinking. Um, and so probabilistically 84. Um, and so I started to think about uh, the fourth quartile of my life, roughly speaking, uh, the period from about 60 to about uh, 84 or, or about a 24-year period. Um, and I began to think of that fourth quartile in quartiles. Um, again, just dividing by four. And so um, I came up with this framework that I called chapters 13 through 16. Now, this is where it starts to get, you know, very, very practical. Um, if we look at, in my particular case, um, four six-year periods as the retirement uh, quartile, uh, and we just call, you know, the first six years chapter 13 and then chapters 14, 15, 16, um, very easy to uh, conclude that in terms of my mobility, my energy level, um, my health and, and things associated with my physical wellness, um, that, you know, chapters 13 and 14 are going to highly probably be better than uh, chapters uh, 15 and 16. Uh, at some point, entropy is batting a thousand. Uh, and at some point, the body is going to begin to run down uh, and the diminishing returns curve is going to move from the plateau, which I'm up on now, uh, coming up on my 62nd birthday, uh, the plateau is going to begin the decline. And so um, it gave me a very sharp focus on chapter 13, uh, because again, probabilistically, these six years of chapter 13 are going to be, from a physical wellness standpoint, the best six years that remain in Renee's and my life. And six years go by like that. And so it, it began to give me a very sharp and practical focus and it made it very clear to me um, at that time, I was around 50, um, that when I get to age 60 and I am eligible and in my particular circumstances, um, I, I could um, retire, quote unquote. I could stop full-time employment. I could stop running large organizations, large businesses. Made it very clear to me that at age 60, I was, I was done with that, um, that I was going to move into chapter 13, and I'll talk about a couple of uh, other implications specific to chapter 13 in just a moment, but it made it very clear to me that once I got to chapter 13, um, 
at age 60, that was it for me. I, I was done. I, I wasn't running anyone's business. I wasn't running any large organization. I wasn't going back into government to, to do X, Y, Z. And all those opportunities, thankfully, were there for me. Um, I could have kept running a, a large business with Deloitte where I was. Um, I had plenty of headhunters contacting me about running companies and other large businesses. Uh, I could have gone back into the government uh, for a big role. Uh, none of that. Very clarifying. I'm not doing any of that. Uh, I'm going to take these six years, Chapter 13, and I'm going to invest them uh, in, in things that Renee and I want to do, knowing that uh, these are probabilistically the best six years uh, from a physical wellness standpoint of the remainder of our lives together. And so that's that chapter 13 uh, and chapters 13 through 16, that framework and the practical implications of that uh, emerged out of uh, the two questions that Fred asked me. Now, one quick footnote to this to kind of wrap this for those of you who are younger, um, I would say don't wait until you're 50 to think about this question or questions like this. Um, if you're 25 and you're out of undergrad and you've been working for a few years, uh, now is the time. Uh, as, as you know, was once said, um, about economics and investment, we're, we're, we're fighting the dark forces of time and ignorance. So, so you have time on your side, the younger you are. Uh, and so thinking about um, the last quartile of your life, uh, the earlier you start that, the better, uh, so that you can prepare yourself financially and otherwise. If this content is of use to you, we encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and give this episode a like. If you're listening to this episode on Apple or Spotify, please take time to give us a five-star rating. And if you have a moment, leave us a quick review. You'll find more resources like this podcast and training courses at our site, aileaders.com. Let us know what you think. We value your feedback. Um, a couple of other implications that that uh, fell out of uh, those two questions and and how I began to think about chapter 13. What am I going to retire to? Um, as I began again to reframe my thinking and reflect deeply, um, I thought about um, something that is is straightforward to you subconsciously, but I'm not sure that consciously we, we pause and, and reflect on it unless we arrest our thinking like these two questions did and, and force ourselves to think about this. And that is the degree to which full-time employment, especially in a big leader role, is, is the dominant driver of how your day-to-day -day life is structured, how it's ordered. Um, so I began to think about um, that and how much of an impact that had on me, um, not just in a temporal state, but, but also psychologically and emotionally um, 
my life was was structured around that and and i mean that in a good way you know it, it gave a degree of foundational anchoring to my life uh in knowing that yes i i've got paid time off i've got holidays but those are small breaks you know my years are are organized and structured very heavily, not exclusively, but but very heavily uh, on this quote unquote nine to five, which of course for a leader is not nine to five. It's more like five to nine, um, but very heavily influenced by my full-time employment. So what it made me begin to think about is I'm going to go from that tremendous structure and all of the implications, all of the connections, the community and all of that, I've got to go to something. Uh, and it can't be just jumping out of the airplane, um, well-controlled system, well-defined system, the airplane jumping out into free air, with no handholds, no grounding whatsoever. So I began to think about what am I going to retire to? Um, I thought about this uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I was with a group of men and they were talking about a friend who had made a lot of money um, in tech and had retired um, pretty early at around 50, um, had all of the things materially that you could possibly want, um, but was showing up uh, either intoxicated most of the time or having heavily uh, imbibed. Um, and, and they um, were burdened for this individual um, because it just appeared that he was on a very unhealthy path. Uh, and, and they mused about, uh, they, they said things like he, he doesn't have anything. He doesn't, he doesn't have a job to go to. He doesn't have any connection points. And it, it is this principle, I believe of you, you can't go from this well-ordered, well-structured system to nothing you you have to define what is it that you're retiring to so in my particular case i won't go through the the set of things uh, but one of those things that i decided in the last couple of years i was going to retire to was this collaboration with chris around training ai leaders and so uh, when we retired and we retired at the same time, essentially, uh, we're essentially the same age. Uh, we, we wrote a book and that book gave us uh, focus and grounding, body of research, thinking, arguing about points, uh, getting things clear in our minds, getting them down clearly on paper. We wrote a book. Uh, and then from the book, we started to build a body of courses uh, to teach leadership of AI and delivery of those courses. And so, so that was a thing, not the thing, but it was a clear thing that I was retiring to 
um, which gave me something that I personally need. Uh, it gave me an intellectual focus. Now, that brings me to the, the third implication, um, and this, I think, helps to answer uh, a question that Chris and I get on the regular, which is people will encounter us. We're, we're working on a second book, for example, um, that will be coming out here in about a month, month and a half, and people will hear that we're you know, working on a second book, and they'll go, aren't you retired? Um, and you know, the, the question that I've started to ask them and hoping that it will help them reframe and reflect, uh, is how do you define retirement? Um, and parenthetically, the definition is not the cessation of all intellectual activity. <laughs> and so the, the third, uh, implication that fell out of all of this, um, that is critically important for me and my value model uh, is flexibility. Um, yes, I am still intellectually engaged on a part-time basis um, in these AI-related activities that Chris and I are doing, writing books, uh, building courses on AI leadership, uh, and the AI leadership podcast, this podcast. Um, but I have, and he and I have, a uh, complete flexibility. We control the pace um, and the schedule uh, of what we're going to do and when we're going to do it. And for me, again, as I reframed, reflected, and then decided, responded uh, to how I was going to organize my retirement, and this chapter 13 uh, of the fourth quartile of my life, um, the flexibility was just tremendously important to me. Again, if, if you think back in just kind of very core practical terms uh, about your work life right now, um, it has those benefits, uh, those systemic benefits that I alluded to, but you are also driven by that system. That system organizes your schedule. You have to schedule your time off within the context of that system. Um, I want in this chapter of my life uh, a tremendous amount of flexibility. A very, very practical example happened uh, just a few minutes before I started recording this episode, um, the lead pastor of my church called me and said, hey, we have this class that we're going to launch uh, mid-January to the end of February. You know, could you teach it? And I said, I would love to, um, but I can't uh, because I'm going to be in Costa Rica for a month uh, during the winter because uh, I hate winter. Uh, no me gusta invierno. Uh, plus estudiando espanol. So I'm, I'm studying Spanish. I hate winter here uh, in the DMV. Uh, the sky is gray. Uh, it's rainy. It's cold. Uh, it snows. Uh, no me gusta. So uh, I'm going to go to Costa Rica uh, where um, there is sol todos los días, uh, sun every day. Uh, it's warm. And um, 
and I'm going to work on my Spanish because um, I'm trying uh, studying Spanish and trying hard to learn how to be basic conversational uh, in Spanish. And so the the flexibility is tremendously important to me uh, in how I organize and manage uh, chapter 13 and, and this fourth quartile of my life. And so that was the third implication uh, that fell out of um, those two questions. So uh, that is my contribution. Hopefully that is helpful to you. My contribution to your thinking about retirement and, and leading yourself. And again, whether you are very early in your career or very late in your career, um, certainly, um, any time, uh, of your life is a good time, uh, to set back with those two questions or questions like those, uh, reflect, reframe your thinking, uh, and then respond, uh, with a new framework. So hope that was helpful to you. Uh, if you are listening to the AI leadership podcast, uh, on YouTube, uh, please give us a like uh, sub, uh, this episode, subscribe to our channel. It's helpful to get the word out. Uh, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, etc., cetera, uh, please rate and review. Again, uh, it helps to get the word out um, to other AI leaders and make them aware uh, of the resources that we are producing uh, on how to lead AI programs and projects. So we'll be back next time uh, with Chris after Thanksgiving, uh, and we will record an episode uh, with Chris's perspective on retirement. Uh, and uh, I am sure at that time, uh, we are going to talk about wellness and physical wellness. Uh, Chris has an amazing story to tell and an amazing journey. Uh, I think you will enjoy that and benefit uh, from it. So until next time, appreciate you, my friends. 